Okay, I won't, I won't say that, but I did say that. I did start by saying, yes, I am looking at a broom full of losers and quitters, and I thank you for laughing at that. But uh, as Christians, you are called to lose yourself in the pursuit of Christ, to lose, to forgo your own selfish needs in favor of the needs of others. And I think we show that in so many ways here with our generosity. And we're called to focus on the kingdom and to give praise and credit to God in all that we do. And I see a bunch of people continue to work on being losers. They are, therefore, victors through Christ. As Christians, you are called to quit trying to control everything. Anybody else have trouble with this one? And to quit worrying about the things that aren't ours to control. Yeah, speaking to myself again. I see a bunch of people who continue to work at being quitters and thereby victors through Christ Jesus. So it's okay to be a loser and a quitter this morning. We're going to talk about that. But even with that explanation, you may not feel comfort in these words, and, and likely that's because you haven't quite mastered the right kind of quitting or the right kind of losing. Or perhaps it's because you were having trouble getting past the negative connotation of the words loser or quitter. And I appreciate you guys were good sports and laughed and didn't just give me that look. But perhaps the word surrender might feel better. Or perhaps it doesn't. We're going to take some time to talk about that this morning. I, I think it's important to know that there is a difference between surrender, at least as the Bible describes it, and giving up. It seems appropriate to use this analogy because we're definitely experiencing the season of fall in the Midwest, aren't we? It was over 60 degrees yesterday. It's going to be that again today. It's going to be 13 tomorrow night. <laughs> you know, the Missouri Conservation or Convention of Visitors Bureau says that Missouri has four distinct seasons which to me means we have hot and humid summers and bitter cold winters, and sometimes that's all in the period of one week, right? It is. But it's not only the temperatures that we notice this time of year. I mean, the fiery redness of those bushes along the driveway right there. Uh, did you see the beautiful shades of orange and yellow in the trees? And now they're beginning to fall to the ground, and there's just that fall smell out there, isn't there? It's just wonderful. It's beautiful. And the trees, they surrender their leaves, and they surrender their growth for a season, but they don't give up, do they? They simply continue their life through the cycle of God's magnificent creation. And in the spring, there will be new life, new growth, and new color to enjoy. Nothing in God's creation gave up summer. It just surrendered to the fact that it is gone and it is time for something new. And our discomfort with the word surrender is because we tend to think of it sonorously with giving up. But again, Surrender and giving up are not the same. So giving up feels defeating. There seems to be a sense of failure attached to giving up. It doesn't bring comfort or satisfaction or a resolution. And, and I believe that's my biggest aversion. That's why I don't like the word surrender, because I feel like there needs to be a resolution. You know, there's, even if it's bad news, there just has to be some sort of closure, right? And if I'm truly honest with myself, all this indicates is my, my desire to know and to something or feel like I'm in control, even though when I really don't. Does anybody else feel that? You know, you just got to have that resolution out there. And once I recognized that this is where my hesitation lies, it became very clear that I not only need to surrender the situation or the circumstances that were troubling me, but also surrender my desire to know or to have control. Furthermore, I need to surrender the feeling of disappointment and defeat over what it is that I couldn't and most likely shouldn't have tried to control in the first place, right? So think about that for a moment. If we have that perspective, then surrendering is not giving up. In fact, it takes way more effort and energy on our part to take the action of surrender than it would be to simply 
quit or give up. But here's the good news. On the other side of surrender is an opportunity to recharge and renew. When you surrender, you calmly set aside the outcome. You're not saying it doesn't matter. You just peacefully detach from the situation. right? And it feels good to begin and you feel the weight being lifted off your shoulders. You can start to feel a sense of calm and peace. And that's what we really want. And, and, and this entire thing you've been battling, now you feel a little bit of peace, even though it's, it's still out of your control, even still you may not have that answer. And if you change your perspective on the situation, maybe it becomes an opportunity to learn or to grow in your faith, an opportunity to deepen your relationship with God, because now you're giving it to him, and you're relying on him, and you're waiting on him. And watch what he does with that. This can be particularly hard when the outcome is something critical, like the results of a medical test, Right? We go and we have to wait, whether it's minutes or days or weeks. Surrendering doesn't take away from the significance of that need, the need to know. It's simply acknowledging that it's in God's hands. We're surrendering that to him. <clears throat> True surrendering is not giving up. In fact, it is just letting go. Surrender is an action of contentment and gratitude. Knowing when to surrender, that creates peace and well-being and space for God to do his work. Surrender makes room for new possibilities and new opportunities in accordance to his good plan and his good will for your life. And the Bible reminds us surrender is to God is critical. However, we are never, ever to give up hope. Listen to this. This is um, Paul's letter, 2 Timothy 1.7. For the spirit that God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. You see, we are victorious when we surrender to God's will. We are victorious over our fear. We're victorious over our temptations. We're, we're even victorious over our sinful nature. We are especially victorious over the lies of the evil one that tells us we're not good enough. We're not lovable. We can never try hard enough. You can never get away from this or overcome this. Those are lies. And you're victorious over those. James 4, 7 instructs us, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil. And what? He will flee from you. He will flee from you. That's That's power. It's like saying, God, devil, get out of here. And I say that kind of jokingly, but that's all it takes. In the name of Jesus Christ, devil, you have no control over the situation. There's no room for you in this worry or fear or in my life right now. Be gone, because I'm giving it to God, not to you. In James 4.10, we are given a promise. It says, humble yourself before the Lord, and he will lift you up. So when you are at your lowest, when you hit the ground with your knees because you are absolutely at the end of yourself with worry and with fear and with desperation, when you finally surrender these things to God, and sometimes it takes that overwhelming breakdown, he will lift you up. 1 Peter 5, 6-10, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. There it is. There's that promise. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. There's a lot of good nuggets in that, isn't there? But in that second verse, it started with the same instructions. The first one I said, it says, humble yourself, surrender, surrender your pride, surrender your unnatural need to know or control everything. 
And then it always ends the same way. He will lift you up. From Jesus' own words, and this is Matthew eleven twenty eight. he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Now, there are many reminders throughout Scripture that tell us that God is in control, and we are blessed when we recognize that and submit ourselves over to him. From Jeremiah ten twenty three, Lord, I know that people's lives are not their own, for it is not for them to direct their steps. Matthew six thirty three. but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. We sing that hymn often. And even Jesus himself surrenders the will of his heavenly father, found in Matthew 26, 39. He says, this was Jesus. He went a little further, and he fell to his face to the ground, and he prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Remember what happened? That was in the garden. And it was just revealed to him that he was going to die and betrayed the man who knew no sin, and, and one of his close followers was going to betray him that very night. And he says, Lord, I, I'm suffering. God, I take this from me. But then he realized, but not as I will, but yours be done. Okay? And sometimes we have to do that and say, I really don't want to be going through this, but I'm going to give it to you. But be careful not to surrender the wrong thing, because what you do in this life does matter. Romans 12.2 gives us very clear instruction. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And this is echoed in the words of this morning's scripture. Remember that, that Becky read, which was Matthew 16, 24 through 25. And these same words of Jesus Christ were also recorded in Mark 8, 34 through 35, and later in Luke 9, 23 through 24. Do you think God wants you to get this message when he tells you over and over and over? But listen to how Luke describes it. Then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. So when and how often did Jesus say we're to surrender to God? Daily. Take up your cross daily. John 15, 1 through 7. Just go back to a nature reference. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown in the fire, and burn. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. These are Jesus' own words, and he's delivering this message that says, it is surrendering to God that gives us hope. It is surrendering to God that makes us fruitful. But the hard for truth for us to grasp is, is this life is out of our control, right? And maybe some people, there's, there's peace and not having to worry about anything, but then there are part of us, the just dysfunctional part that still wants to know or control. So if we're not in control of this, then who is? And this is the good news. The answer is God is in control. And the benefit, we benefit from his con- control, and we call these blessings, When we surrender to him, he blesses. That's a promise. We win when we surrender. And even though I know this and I believe this in my heart, I still must ask myself sometimes, am I surrendered? Or am I holding on to something? 
or am I just giving up? Sometimes it's hard to tell the difference, and we need to know when we've crossed that side to giving up. You see, giving up requires doubt. When I thought about this, it was very convicting for me. When we think to ourselves, God has no clue what's going on, or when we say to ourselves, God can't change this, or when we say, and this is even worse, God doesn't care and he can't be bothered with my problems. These thoughts are doubts about God himself, right? Because if God has no clue what's going on in your life, then God is not all-knowing. But we know that he is. If God lacks the power or ability, then he truly cannot be in control. But we know that he is. And if God's lack of desire or interest to help me or you, if, if, then he's not compassionate or loving. And we know that's not right. All these statements fly in the face of know we, what we know about God. So, so don't doubt God by giving up. Whereas giving up requires doubt, surrender requires faith. Sometimes faith's harder. We know by faith that God sees us struggling. We know by faith that he has a perfect plan, that it's a far better plan than we could come up with for ourselves. And we trust God has more than enough power to carry out what is ultimately for our good. And we know he is a deeply caring and compassionate God, so we believe he will help us in our time of need. And we know these statements to be true because they are based on God's promises to us, promises that we saw fulfilled in Scripture and in our lives still today. So to put it simply, surrender is about giving up just one thing and only one thing, and it's giving up resistance to God, letting him work. True surrender feels peaceful and is accompanied by a sense of relief. Giving up feels hopeless and feels like defeat. True surrender feels reasonable and balanced, and giving up feels extreme or intense. True surrender is a faith decision made over time and requires a relationship with God. Giving up is often fueled by a strong emotional reaction, and it actually isolates us from him. True surrender is acknowledging that you have limited power over a person or situation, but giving up could be a desperate attempt to exert a control that doesn't exist, right? You ever heard that? You can't fire me, I quit. No, you still got fired. <laughs> you say it however you want, you know? True surrender is admitting that you might not have all the answers and there could be another way. Giving up shuts down any new possibilities or opportunities. True surrender involves continuing to take steps of action when it's appropriate, while giving up may leave you paralyzed and stuck in your situation. So friends, I want you to remember Paul's words from Romans, and I love this verse. Be not conform, do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Just be transformed. Be changed. Be renewed. That's what we need today. We need a change, a spiritual renewal, a moral renewal, a change in perspective. And God calls on all of us to make a total surrender to his son, Jesus Christ. We are called to view the world through his eyes and with a kingdom perspective. Because God said to himself, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Jeremiah 29, 11, a lot of people love that verse. Those are God's own words. He's not here to condemn you. He's here to bless you and love you and take you in his arms and say, I forgive you. I'll change your life if you let me. And when you die, you'll be with me in heaven. God promises that we will win when we surrender. Let's pray. Father God, there's so much within us that wants to know and control. 
But that's not the way you designed us. You designed us to rely on you. To let you control and know. And you bless us with wisdom. And you bless us with the ability to take action. But God, let, God, let it be you that guides our steps. God, help us to realize that surrendering just shows we're open to that what we're waiting on maybe a timing issue. Help us to never be so stubborn as to say, it's now or never, and I give up. God, it takes an enormous amount of faith to wait sometimes, to surrender our fears and our concerns and our anger and our frustration to you. But God, there's so much peace when we do it the right way. Father God, my prayer this week is, is we're ever mindful, even more so, of anything that we may be holding on that we truly need to surrender, whether it's a, a forgiveness issue with someone else or with ourselves. God, if it's uh, something we're struggling with, uh, a temptation, an addiction, a sin, God, help us to surrender that to you, to ask for your help, to rely on you. Because God, we know it is you that is in control. You know all things. You see all things. You can do all things. And to, to not surrender to you can keep us from that victory we so desperately need in these areas of our lives. God, as always, I want to conclude this prayer with a prayer and a blessing over the empty seats in this room this morning, this sanctuary, this safe and beautiful place where we gather. May the spaces be a reminder that there is room to invite others into a relationship with you, whether it's this church or another. God, I thank you for those in attendance here this morning, all those that listen to this message online. I thank you for their commitment to honoring you on Sundays. May all we do please you, and this week as we go forward, may we make a difference in the world in your name. Amen.